Hey y'all, welcome back to another episode of Big Facts No Cap, the only podcast that's number one with people with physical trauma and yo mama. Let's get into this episode. Big Facts No Cap Big Facts No Cap No Cap Big Facts No Cap Big Facts No Cap No Cap No cap. I feel like with TikTok making it so that people who eat like a paleo or the raw diet, that's kind of the offshoot of that, where people just eat like big sticks of butter on raw steaks all day and liver. Mm -hmm. So many people are taking that on it. You know, it really captures people's imaginations. Oh, so what what our ancestors was doing must be healthy, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Do you think this is our opportunity to cash in on that trend and do free pooping? Ooh. Poop anywhere you want. Having to go to a bathroom is bad for you. Holding in that poop, even for moments Mm -hmm. to make it to a bathroom, is destroying your colon and destroying your intestines. And it's one of the most unhealthy things a human can do. The ancient man used to live to 150 years old because they would just poop as soon as nature called. Mm-hmm. And nowadays, we're di- why do you think we're dying at age 80 of things like cancer? <laughs> How are we profiting off of that? As influencers of the free poo movement? Uh, in the free poo movement? <laughs> in the FPM? <laughs> okay, yeah, that makes sense to me. I don't know. I mean, clearly this podcast isn't going to take off. I think we need to pivot to free poo influencers. Wait, are we transforming the podcast into an FPM <laughs> podcast or... Yeah, I think so. Okay, that makes sense. Watch out for that. Season two of this podcast is going to be all about free poop. I think at least one of us is going to have to look a lot healthier before we start becoming health influencers. (laughs) (laughs) No, we're just going to claim we feel good. What are you talking about? (laughs) Oh, okay. Yeah, it's about vibes. Healthy at any size. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. Ooh, I like that glass of yours uh, with the glass handle. Thank you. It's got all the constellations on it. Uh, It's something where I definitely got it for 10 is... Mm Mm-hmm. I, it well, seems I mean, like it might be up. Western-centric. Uh, Does it have all the constellations from all the cultures? Do other cultures have constellations? I think so. I guess that is the thing, right? People were seeing shapes in the stars. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, it has all those. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely one of those things where I bought it for tin, but I liked it so much that I kind of use it and keep it in my glass cabinet <laughs> all the time. <laughs> Wait, you guys have separate glass cabinets? What, what are, like, is against royalty what the fuck is this situation with your multiple glass cabinet no but i have all of my like beer drinking glasses like i have a cabinet with all of my differently shaped bulby glasses and stuff and this also makes it in there oh got you well it is mm-hmm. a differently shaped glass mm-hmm. it's not gonna fit perfectly into the pattern of all the like straight up and down exact, water straight glasses. white males this is not a metaphor for diversity and equity <laughs> And you see, when you let somebody else in with a handle, they push all the glasses into a weird configuration, and it hurts the entire system. That's oh, why wait, we... <laughs> oh, come on, no. <laughs> Don't start talking about Norway again, Paul. <laughs> Is it like Norway's efficient because they're all white? That seems Yeah, because like they're all ethnically homogenous or whatever. Oh my god, we need to you kill You can't racists. apply any of the principles of, I mean, I'm not even advocating for social democracy, but people will make that counter-argument of like, we couldn't be like Norway. We're not, we're too ethnically heterogeneous. For healthcare. <laughs> That's so funny. It's like such a, I don't know. Doesn't matter. 
it don't matter. It don't matter. Think about those things. Other thing about those things about those Charles Murray ass things. Yeah, you know we had Nazis uh, protesting at uh, Curtis Park today in Sacramento, and you know what? I was like, they don't matter. They don't. What were they protesting? World War Two? I don't know. I think they're mad about something. And I, by people, I mean literally it was like three guys just doing the Hitler salute on uh, at Curtis Park. So what's going on with you, Paul? I saw How to Blow Up a Pipeline last night at the Independent Picture House. That was fun. Mm-hmm. Okay. Good movie. Um, Not as good as the book. Although, for the real heads, they didn't show the book, but you could tell it was the book because the color of the book is so recognizable. Mm-hmm. And that kind of flashed on screen as the character was reading it for a second. And it was like, oh, that's for the real heads of the audience to get to the point and be like, oh, yeah, right there, that, right there, that's the book. Oh, yeah, I know that one. Mm-hmm. I, I got all that right there. <laughs> I got all that right there. And then I didn't really do anything else uh, this week. Just been uh, been hanging. All right, hanging, banging, slanging. How do you blow up a pipeline? It turns out it was a bomb. Oh, okay. That kind of seems like what I expected. IED improvisational love that for my comedy not for my explosives not sure if that's what i what i'm looking for in my explosives <laughs> do you really love that in your comedy i think it's a fun novelty to go to once in a while i don't know if it's my favorite thing in comedy i think i'm more of a pre-written sort of guy oh uh, really okay yeah i'd rather see a type five than a, a loose 20 you know what i mean nah i kind of like it it's pretty good it's good it's good <laughs> well, it's good, it's good yeah or bad, or somewhere in between. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I don't know. Actually, I think I've taken people to see improv as much as I've taken people to watch stand up uh, for uh, friend hangouts and dates and stuff like that. What are all these I dates you're our... going on that you never tell us in your media roundup? All right, in the future, in the future, I'll make sure to report back. I think this is the content people want. Hmm completely skipped out on picnic day this year it's supposed to be a, a wild one i don't know how the wiener dog race went uh i know everyone wants to know about that uh i can't tell you who won didn't watch it not gonna do it no instead i went to uh pierce to watch or went to sacramento with pierce to watch uh the celtics in their first playoff game the kings won their first playoff game against the lakers wait no golden state warriors uh, and a very much more entertaining match that we should have actually watched instead of the really boring Celtics game. What else? I went to watch the Mario movie on Tuesday. Oh, nice. How was that? Yeah. It, it was pretty good. It was fun. Nice. It was a fun little romp for the whole family. And honestly, I really didn't mind Chris Pratt as Mario. The only thing I didn't like was Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong. Oh, Donkey Kong zero- in it. Zero effort. To, it's just Seth Rogen. Like, his laugh is literally just Seth Rogen's laugh. I mean, the last time Donkey Kong was actually in Mario, he was a villain. But now, the meta around That is character. not the last time that he was in <laughs> Mario. That was the first time he was in Mario. Uh, are you counting the sports games? What other time has he been with Mario other than sports games slash, like, spinoff games? Plenty of games. Wh- which ones? I don't know. DK Cross Country? They're friends. It's well established that they're friends after the first appearance. But he's not in any of the he's not in any of the Mario games with plots. I'm sure he's in there somewhere. That's just not true. I'm sure he makes an appearance. You're wrong, Adrian. I think it's pretty well established that they're friendly with each other. What do you mean? What proof do you have that they're friendly? Oh, they're always hanging out. They're partying together. Bowser is in those games. Bowser is in Mario Party games. 
Yeah, but like he invited himself. He didn't get one of the actual invitations. How do you know that? These games don't have plots. They're not plot Mario nope, games. There's a secret there's a secret credit scene after credits. <laughs> where you can see that Bowser snuck his way into the party. Each time. And for the racing. Well, the racing's antagonistic inherently for everyone, so. I'm surprised you're not more of like a Mario Strikers fan. I could see like a little Adrian oh, having really I did have like a lot that. of fun with that one, yeah. It's like if soccer didn't suck. Yeah. What if we, like, shot fireballs at each other instead of just regular balls? Um, so the last thing I wanted to say is that, um, uh, this morning I checked out, uh, some of the old Sketcherunos from Anna de Armas on SNL, and it was a pretty fun episode. Not too bad. Cool. Yeah. Couple standout bits. I didn't send any in the group chat. That is, uh, one of my roles in our friend group with, uh, the Puddin' Pack with Phil and Paul is, uh, I'm our curator of, I'll actually watch all of the SNL skits and send you the ones that are worth watching. And my role is kind of like the hot shot bad boy who doesn't care about anything, mm-hmm. but everybody respects. Yeah, begrudgingly. Fills, Fills the, the wild, wild card. card. <laughs> <laughs> I really appreciated, uh, and I don't really know what her view on this is, um, but I appreciated that Ananda Armas mentioned being from Cuba in her monologue, but didn't say anything bad about Cuba. <laughs> She wasn't, she's a very big, like, I came to America and succeeded person, but she's not like a weird, um, you know, a weird gusano. <laughs> Maybe she is, I don't know, but she didn't show it on SNL, which would have been perfectly acceptable there, so. I guess a lot of celebrities who you don't really hear from politically, I guess see SNL at they're like, ooh, this is my moment to shine and let everybody know I have weird politics. Mm-hmm. That's, I think, what that a lot- vaccine of- ain't real. Also, can I, can I just talk to y'all- we just have a celebrity you guys are just okay with me to be called Woody Harrelson? Are you kidding me? What if you guys just like, I put that name on the, I, that was a joke name. I thought, I thought for sure people would know I was kidding, but nope. His real name is Woody Allen, so we had to change it. All right, cool. Uh, Anything else? No. Anything else going on in the news right now? I know you're a big news boy. You know I'm big on the news. Mm-hmm. I'm always like, what's going on? Let me check the daily with Michael Barbaro. E. All right, should we get into the theme? Yeah, let's get into the theme of Runo. I don't think we're going to have a lot to say about this one, so I don't think we should belabor it, but injuries. That seems weird. I was going to say that this one seems like one of the more ubiquitous uh, type of themes. All right, well, let's I mean, get into famously, it. Famously, R.E.M. said, everybody hurts. What are, what are your thoughts on injuries, then? Uh, I don't like them. Not a fan. Mm-hmm. But what doesn't kill us does make us stronger. You do have to remember that. Not true. Not always true. <laughs> You're right. Not Honestly, not saying. typically true. All, yeah. More than likely, just not true. Just wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Broken bones. And never as a kid? No. My first one was uh, sophomore year of college, Brooke McLavicle. Oh, yeah, I remember that. You got hit by an old man driving his car. Yeah. I got hit by the car uh, that the old man was driving. <laughs> he didn't stick his fist out the window as he was It did, but when you said it kind of made it sound like you were saying you got hit by an old man <laughs> first, and then you mentioned, by the way, he was in a huge van driving. <laughs> Adrian, why were you why were you riding co-pilot in this old man's car? Where were you going when he started to hit you? <laughs> when he started car? to punch me and breaking my clavicle. 
But yeah, never as a kid. I mean, Dorley broke her arm, like falling out of a tree when we were kids. My neighbor, we were riding bikes over at Gibson Park, you know, the old soccer complex. Yeah. Hit a curb with his bike, braced with his wrist, broke it. I remember that one. I think he also broke his arm at some point, too. Did you ever sign anybody's casts during yeah, elementary school and high school? A bunch. It was an epidemic. Yeah. I mean, kids are always injuring themselves as little scamps. That is true. I was on crutches for a while, and that's a good one. That's a very visible uh, thing. People like to do nice things for you when you're on crutches. Did you ever use both crutches and hold them out perpendicular to your body and do a spin attack? No, but I should have. Mm. Did you ever hide an injury from your parents when you were a kid? No. Yeah, I just don't think I have any crazy stories around injuries. No, not uh, when you hurt your ankle? Oh, yeah. I did twist my ankle playing drunk soccer tennis with you once. And that's really mm-hmm. been like an ongoing problem in my life. I'm not going to lie to you. That ankle's <laughs> never been <Damn>. the same. <laughs> that's why you didn't get, that's why you didn't play in college. That's why I didn't go to nationals that year. Mm-hmm. Also, last year they said that apparently only the high schoolers are allowed. And I was like, come on, coach. I've been practicing all year. <laughs> I'm finally recovered. <laughs> um, have you ever injured somebody? Maybe in like soccer, like in a very acute way, but never like in like a traumatizing way where I feel bad for like hurting somebody. <laughs> you are always going for those dirty tackles. Hey, no, no, no. That is not an okay thing to say about how a Latino person plays soccer. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, Latino. you know who was way worse than that was uh, Dora Lee. Dora Lee was, uh, she was a real uh, shin kicker when she played. Oh, really? Gosh, damn. Mm-hmm. What about you? Who have you horribly and irreparably damaged? Yeah, I don't think I've ever hurt anybody. Like, physically bad enough to remember, at least. There's somebody out there listening to this podcast with, like, no head, and they're like, God damn it, he forgot about me. (laughs) (laughs) How are they listening to this podcast with no head? Should we get into columns? Uh, yeah, sure, I guess. I'll go second. So, Adrian, for my column this week, I brought in something a little bit different. It's a Q&A with Dear Prudence. uh, From 2019. So people got to kind of... It, it it was like a Dear Prudence, but quicker, right? Like, it was a live Q&A, so people could... It was uh, her spitfire, and she didn't have time to write this. It was from the hip. Okay, okay. This is, old, this is the uh, Avatar Korra of the uh, Dear Prudies. Danny Lavery. I'm a 24-year-old wheelchair user with a damaged spine from a childhood injury. Other than the fact that I'm in a wheelchair, I look healthy by most people's standards... And it's often assumed I'm in a wheelchair for a short-term reason, or faking. Recently, I was leaving my apartment building when a sudden weight landed abruptly on the back of my chair, nearly knocking me flying. I screamed, what the fuck, only to see a woman rushing towards me. Her child, a girl aged about 9 or 10, had jumped onto the back of my wheelchair from behind, as if she was trying to ride it. Her mother yelled, Don't you dare swear at my child like that. I said I was sorry, but she had jumped on my wheelchair and I was alarmed. The mother then said, gesturing at my legs, she was only playing. Why not let her have a ride? You can obviously walk. I explained that I absolutely cannot walk due to having a bolt in my spine. But the woman interrupted me saying, she just wants to play, like on shopping carts at the store. Don't overreact. I told her to go to hell at this point and moved away as quickly as possible while she shouted something else at me that I didn't catch. Unfortunately, this woman and her daughter live in my building, and now whenever I see them, the woman makes snide comments to her child like, Stay away from the mean wheelchair, lady honey, 
And that's the fake sick lady. I know I should just ignore this, but it's really upsetting me and giving me a lot of anxiety about leaving my apartment each day. Can you please give me any advice on what to do here? How could I have handled it better in the first place? Is there anything I can do about this horrible situation? Any script I can use to stop her saying these things? Or am I best to just ignore it until one of us leaves? Man, that's a doozy. Yeah. Kill her child. That, literally, that was what I was thinking. <laughs> Purchase a gun and murder this woman. God, what a terrible human being. I know, right? What a monster. Man, people shouldn't have kids. I don't know if that's what I took from it, but okay. <laughs> people like that lady should not be raising more people to bring into this world. That child almost certainly going to turn out to be a cool person, though. That's good. Oh, yeah. It's going to turn out to be like a fucking horseback rider or something. She just wants to ride, baby. <laughs> she just wants to she get away to her mom. Speed. <laughs> <laughs> Setting her up for a career in Fast and Furious 25 by the time she's an adult. Mm -hmm. Oh, this is what I was mentioning. I kind of alluded to earlier when I was talking about having the crutches. It was like, uh, it was the first visible uh, disability that I've ever had. And that was kind of fun. Nobody accused you of faking? No, no, I don't think so. Yeah, of course not. I, I feel like you have, it's a one in a 10,000 thing to run across a person that's insane. I was begging people to call me out. <laughs> so, I was trying to goad people into doing it. So you could finally do the link spin move with your crutches. Mm -hmm. No, if they would have done that, I would have tried my best to walk and be like, it's a miracle. <laughs> you ever been in a wheelchair? I mean, other than like as a goof? Like a hospital exit or something like that? No, not that I can remember. I think maybe as a kid. Oh, you know, that did. This is, I didn't get accused of faking, but when I did get hit by the car um, and I was in the ER and I was in a wheelchair, um... They asked if I could get up and walk to the room for some reason. I couldn't. They couldn't just wheelchair me the rest of the like way there. Uh, and I did overhear a nurse at one point being like, "Why is he in the ER? He can clearly walk. Like he's fine." <laughs> Damn. And I was like hopping my way over. <laughs> oh, uh, how rude! Yeah. Also, people can. What What do you mean? Yeah. Uh. Yeah. No, I feel a lot of anger uh, and empathy with this person. Uh, that's a shitty situation. And also. God, yeah, just the idea that like I would I would have called her kid an asshole straight to her face. I'm like, your kid's being a fucking asshole. I'm gonna explain your kid. I mean, the parents asshole. being an asshole. I wouldn't be mean to the kid. I mean, what they did was shitty, but it's like I'd probably be mean to both. Put spikes on the back of your wheelchair so any kids that try to jump on it, ooh, yeah, get spiked. Is that one of those things where what's the legality behind trucks that have the spikes on the sides of their tires? Am I allowed to do that? Or is it just trucks that are allowed to do that? Because Wait, it okay. feels... I get it's defensive. It feels threatening. <laughs> Dude, I've had so many questions about this. You said I get it's defensive. I always yeah. thought that looks defensive. But I also always went, that can't be it. It's not to shred another car if it gets too close. Is it? Is it actually... It's, isn't it that like the cargo is too expensive or precious that like a, a car rig i don't know like i always assumed i was being stupid for thinking that i was like oh it's probably like have some other purpose and i'd be a moron for thinking it's for like destroy. if it ever flips <laughs> over it needs the traction or something I like don't what do you know. mean <laughs> i was like it looks like it's a weapon but there's no way they're installing weapons <laughs> on, yeah on their what wheels. is that about what is going on with that 
<laughs> Dude, I've had that thought so many times. Like, I need to Google that, but obviously you're always on the interstate when you see that, and by the, like, mm-hmm. you're gonna forget by the time you get home. But I've always been like, is, is it to stop cars from getting too close? I don't... That's what I thought. I thought it was just a, like a crash avoidance thing or something, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe she should be less mad at the kid or whatever. It's clearly the parent who's just terrible, but what what are the limits on what you're allowed to put on a wheelchair defensively? I know that there was, this was a, only a very recent thing that, um, it's one of those things where we've talked about Shark Tank recently, so it's kind of in that vein of things, but it was like a company that, um, teamed up with like big brands like Disney and other places to like make plate wheel decorations for people in wheelchairs and it's but i mean that was one of those things where like i guess there's a if there's a demand for it that's cool or whatever but it kind of seems like a dumb thing to get rich off of i mean it's cool for kids right like i don't know a kid with a oh no it's all disney adults oh yeah it's not allowed for kids it's not allowed for kids (laughs) they don't make them in the size for kids for kids wheelchairs (laughs) i don't know why i believed you for a second when you said it's all adults yeah i don't know like I'm petty, so I, if somebody's gonna start making snide comments towards me, I'm gonna make snide comments back. I would not be scared back. of going out of my apartment. Yeah, I would yeah. just be clapping back at her every time. I'd be like, wow, good role model for your kid, asshole. <laughs> Get out of my yeah. way. Move, bitch. Get, Get out. out. You get a speaker for your, <laughs> for your wheelchair. A good Bluetooth speaker with some nice bass in it. They see me rolling. Yeah. Hey. Actually, that's like that's wearing good your sunglasses. Get, yeah, <laughs> play. They see me roll in. You're just smoking a blunt on your way to work. <laughs> just fasten the kid. You blow the smoke in his face, in her face. <laughs> oh my Patrol god! And they trying to catch me riding dirty. Yeah, I'm interested. in what do you think Prudence is gonna say? I mean, I guess there's nothing more to say. She's gonna I, he because it's Danny uh, this time. I don't know. I think they are going to say probably because they're asking for a script, which is what sometimes advice columnists do that I think is always kind of like cornball shit. Like, I don't know. Don't give them a script to read off. It's just going to make them sound like over rehearsed. I mean, this person sounds insane. Like, you're not going to talk to them, right? Like, what? Yeah, what, it what doesn't would seem talking, like a relationship worth mending. Yeah. What would talking? I mean, she feels scared of this person and doesn't want to leave her house because of the anxiety it gives her, which is yeah. really sad. But it's also like. I don't know. You're not going to talk to this mother who is okay with harassing a disabled person. You're not going to talk her into being yeah. a reasonable person. Like, you can't meet her with a reasonable explanation of, I am disabled and this and that. Mm-hmm. Like, she's made up her mind. She's a jerk. It is a really annoying conversation to have. Like, I've always, uh, so I know for sure, like, when I was applying for a fellowship, that type 1 di- uh, diabetic is a, a, a classified disability in the U.S., so I could check that box for the application. But I've never looked into getting a parking thing for special needs or whatever. Because I was like, nah, I wouldn't want to have that conversation with someone if they tried to have that conversation with me. Wait, wait. So what you're telling me is you're a queer disabled Latino? Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> That's so cool. <laughs> Tell you what, man. I want to hear more ideas about what defensive features she could put on her wheelchair. <laughs> Specifically ones that would be um, induced defenses as opposed to constitutive defenses, right? Like, I want spikes that come out when someone comes near you. <laughs> All right, reading the answer. Okay, I'm so sorry that this woman has made you the target of her ableist harassment. I'd encourage you to talk to your building supervisor, stressing that you're concerned this woman won't restrain her child and you might be at risk of further injury. Hopefully, your supervisor can warn her to leave you alone. Oh, can I make a quick uh, insertion really quick? Of course, buddy. That's what this podcast is about. 
you know, I'm always about quick insertions. Come on now. Um, I think I was particularly hard on the child in this column because I was primed from a weekend of being at bars and breweries in Sacramento, where because it was like the first nice spring weekend of the year, every fucking child was also there. And it's like, Jesus Christ. Has culture changed? Because like my thing when I moved to Charlotte was like, Charlotte's insane because all these parents will bring like a six year old Mm -hmm. to a bar till nine o'clock, like literally until the bar is like, okay, you gotta like, you can't have kids Mm -hmm. here anymore. Parents will just like, I've seen people with babies out till like midnight. Yeah. No, even the bartender at the bar that uh, one of the places that I went to was like, there are way too many kids here. Like, this is ridiculous. I, I, I really hope the one time I was at a diner and I saw parents walk in with a baby. I hope it was something like the baby couldn't go to sleep. Without a grand slam. <laughs> <laughs> All right. As to how you could have handled it in the first place, frankly, I don't know that there's anything I'd have advised you to do differently. Exclaiming in surprise and pain is a pretty understandable response to being suddenly struck, and you didn't go out of your way to blame the little girl once you realized who had struck you. The girl's mother bears sole blame for claiming you don't actually need your wheelchair. Saying you had no right to be startled or upset when her daughter nearly knocked you over and comparing you to an inanimate object that her daughter likes to play on, this woman is monstrous, and I'm so upset that she's passing along her cruel, ableist ideas to her daughter by calling you fake sick. I don't want you to be alone when you ask her to stop harassing you because I'm worried she'll escalate and maybe even try to hurt you or encourage her daughter to do so. Oh yeah, that was a part I got cut off when I was saying like, ah, does this person have friends? But I was going to make the same point. Like, I don't think she should go like and confront her alone. Like she needs a friend or something along. Until you get that uh, turret installed. (laughs) What is it? (laughs) Until you get that gun installed (laughs) on your wheelchair. Yeah. This person is kind of scary. Somebody's that insane. Mm-hmm. They're a wild card, baby. Not in the type of fun way Phil is a wild card, you know? Yeah, exactly. Are there any other people in the building you're friendly with whom you could count on for support if you shared this harassment with them? Maybe even just having someone walk with you occasionally when you leave the apartment so you know you won't have to encounter her alone would help. If any of our readers have had similar problems, please let us know what worked for you. Yeah, what worked for me is I... uh. I sent my shooters after that person. Make sure I never heard about it. You know what I'm saying? Shooters? All I'm saying is, if I've had an issue with somebody, I've had an issue with them once, never twice. God, that's so cool. I wish I said shit like that. <laughs> uh, Usher said that in the latest episode of Dave. <laughs> Where he was trying to convince uh, Lil Dicky that he should fight Killer Mike. You know, just getting crazy. The things you tell me about the show make it sound bad sometimes, and sometimes it makes it sound funny, but I'm still refusing to watch any show head- headed by Lil Dicky. Honestly, I think that's the move. It's one of those things where I complain about it more than I actually enjoy it, but there are enough moments where I'm like, yeah, it's kind of funny. Um, okay, yeah, any thoughts on that uh, answer? I thought it was a good answer. Yeah, shout out to Prudy. Yeah, I think that was a good one, especially off the cuff. All right, do you want to get into my column? Yeah, let's do it. No cap. All right, Polly Bowie, one snack later. Adrian. Oh, okay. I I don't know much about SpongeBob. You know I didn't watch that growing up, but I did get that reference. Mm. That was a sick reference, bro. You know, I hung out with my uh, old undergrad on Friday, and we were both lamenting the fact that Gen Z feels like SpongeBob is theirs. And it's like, do you know when that show started? (laughs) That's ours, bro. And I'm going to give you the same advice we gave that person in a wheelchair. Shoot them. Shoot those kids. So you what? 
I mean, yeah, you had more of it technically, but like the good seasons that everyone memes on were all like when we were kids. Do, 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 do. do you ever try and label yourself as Gen Z? Because we're kind of on that cusp. Or... Sometimes I do. Mm-hmm. Mostly when trying to differentiate myself from my brother. Oh, uh, you're like, that's the difference between us? You know what's funny? For years, I think literally for half a decade, he called me a millennial. And then I finally was like, you know, you're a millennial, right? If anything, I'm like kind of on the cusp of not being one. He was like, oh, and now he claims that never happened. He's like, of course I knew I was a millennial. Like, he just claims that that was uh, never a thing. He's like, I've always known I'm a millennial. I'm like, ain't that the way it goes? 100% you used to make a big deal about me being a millennial. Mm. Before you realized you fell into the age bracket of being one. I think you grew up too early. He thought he was a Gen Xer? I I think he thought he was a, I think he thought he was a generational. That does make sense. I I assume that's how most people were thinking themselves before. Because I feel like the generation thing didn't really get big until millennials, right? Like, were Gen Xers calling baby boomers baby boomers all the time? Or like... Yeah, I don't know. I think boomer was the first time, like, it became a media trend. But like, it really blew up recently as far as like, important like the way we use them almost as astrological symbols to represent personality traits yeah that's actually a pretty good point yeah um okay well uh i'm bringing in you know one of the most famous advice columns and yet we don't really bring it in that often i guess because we're not nasty boys but um not saying that dan savage and well, his he, column are nasty but he only we don't does bring in a sex, lot of sex advice stuff. yeah yeah so this is savage love from dan savage uh manipulate <laughs> manipulative rich guy Shouldn't also, get his balls busted for free. We're not fat phobic. Shout out Lindy West. We don't fuck with hey, that fat phobia know. shit, so we don't usually fuck with Dan Savage, but let's let it play. You know? Let's let it play. He gets second chances. Uh, that's what white men get in this world. I'll tell you what. <laughs> Come on now. Here's the question. Paul, have you read this question yet? No, I have not. It's a fun one. Uh, let's get into it. <clears throat> I'm a 22-year-old straight female. I used to babysit for a wealthy family, but their children have outgrown babysitters. The dad of this family is very into martial arts slash fighting, and has invited me over several times for quote-unquote self-defense training. Paul's doing karate chops in the air right now. And punches. I have accepted his invitations a few times, and it always starts off as a normal workout in their home gym. Treadmill, weights, swimming laps, but he's always pretty anxious to get to the self-defense part. Often he will blindfold me and then come at me, and I must then wrestle my way out of the situation using the moves I've learned. I did this a few times, Dan, but I found it a bit unsettling. However, he never touched me inappropriately or anything like that. Last time we did this, he told me he wanted to see how much pain he could take. So he asked me to kick him in the groin with no protection until he couldn't take it anymore. I thought, this is strange, but I was curious, so I did it. He was able to take it for a surprisingly long time. I haven't been back since, but for the last six months, he's been pestering me to come back. Recently, he suggested that we do what he calls a competition. He will stand there, and I will kick him in the balls, or anywhere else I want, and if he gives up, I get $150. If I give up by getting too tired, I give him $20. His wife knows about the workouts, but he said he doesn't want her to tell- he doesn't want me to tell her about the fighting. My question is this, is there a sexual component to this? I have never heard of anything like this before, and I find it odd. But I'm a poor college student, and for 150, I'll stand there fully clothed and kick this guy in the balls. Let me know your thoughts, please. Two points. Are you kidding me? Of course it's sexual. Second point. Yeah, she hit on the head of that last sentence. Of course you should do it. Yeah. I mean, don't show feet. Wear shoes while you yeah, do Yeah, wear shoes. Unless, unless you want to charge more. And if he gets that all horny. You got yourself to Get out of there, yeah. 
But well, I guess he taught her all everything she knows. <laughs> yeah, he knows exactly what she knows, so he could definitely overpower her shit. Take other mm-hmm. self defense lessons. So Ooh, that you- yeah, learn. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that you can definitely protect yourself against him, and then take him up on this deal. Hmm. God, what a pervert! What a piece of shit! Rich dudes, man. This is the kind of shit they love doing. Yeah, I know. He has an indoor pool, like in his home gym. He has a pool. What an ass. Mm hmm. <laughs> what an asshole. <laughs> what an asshole. <laughs> what if he had, what if they had a leisure pool and a workout pool and <laughs> they differentiated between <laughs> the two? Well, you got the jacuzzi. That's not a workout pool. That's for recovery. That's ridiculous. Unless it's one of those infinity pools. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. But yeah, it yeah. could be a jacuzzi and an infinity pool. Yeah, yeah. All right, David Cronenberg over here. Um, I was going to say one of the injuries that I forgot about, and I feel like this isn't, I don't want to put this on you as like your personality, but this story pertains to me babysitting. Did you ever babysit? Because you don't seem like you have big babysitter personality. No, I never babysat. Not that people wouldn't trust you, but like people would be like, Paul wouldn't be interested in doing that. And I wasn't. Although it is a very good (laughs) gig. Like I get exactly what type of family this is and almost Mm -hmm. every... Basic might be a mean word, but I'm going to use it. Every basic mm-hmm. white girl I've ever known had a gig where she babysat for an incredibly wealthy family and made way. Every white girl you knew? I, I A shocking amount of white girls I've known okay. have had a babysitting gig where it was. Every per- white girl has a babysitting gig that's really cushy for a rich family. And if you didn't have one, you're not a white girl. <laughs> Honestly, kind of. Yeah. And they all keep them way too late into adulthood. They'll be like 23 and they'll be like, oh, yeah, I have a full time job at like Bank of America. But oh, I thought I, you meant that the kid was too late. Like no, the no, kid no. is like but eighteen years old. But I still babysit these kids that I've been babysitting. For Why the last am I watching five years? this kid? I'm two years older than this kid. <laughs> That's like letting your horse watch your dog. <laughs> I don't know, man. Ba- white women babysitting is a weird world. It's a weird world. Wait, you must make a commentary video about this. <laughs> the weird, the world of white women babysitting. Oh. Um. No, you know, so this is actually interesting because I feel like you know what that episode of Broad City was was I forget her name, uh, Alana Al- Alana's where she's babysitting mm. struck so true to me. I was like, that is exactly the type of like hip liberal white girl that would have a cushy babysitting job for a wealthy family. Yeah, um, what I was gonna say about it is. I did I did babysit a, a little bit um, every now and then. And one of the injury stories I had was I was babysitting my neighbor and his friend. And that was one of those things where I was babysitting someone who was like maybe three years younger. I should know this. Maybe three years younger than me. Um, and his friend, uh, and I was very determined to do a good job. Uh, his friend was trying to cook some frozen sausage patties. And I was like, all right, you're like not that much younger than me. You can do that. But he couldn't get them separated from each other. So he decided to take a knife to try and like get them like unstuck from each other and definitely just like got like a pretty big like uh bit of his like thumb uh look cut. And uh, that was one where like I really had a moment where I was like, OK, 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 I could probably take care of this or I could call their, you know, the person uh, who's my neighbor's mom, who's an ER doctor, and she could probably walk me through how to do this better. Uh, and so that was one where I think I made the right choice as a kid, where I was like, I, you know, I'm going to admit that I was uh, negligent and that uh, I'm going to make sure that he doesn't die, <laughs> uh, even though there was probably no real threat of him actually dying. <laughs> that kid now dead from his thumb injury. <laughs> I have no idea where that kid is now, I'll tell you what. 
But this isn't a babysitting column. This is a freaky pervert trying to get his rocks off by getting his rocks off. There was one real quick thing that I wanted to say, too, though. I always wanted to tutor in high school. And I apparently that was one of those things where I didn't give off big tutor energy. We're like, but all right, well, then I'll make my thesis statement again, which is it is. Um, I'll make my thesis statement again because I do want to give that off. It was weird how many other people got the opportunity to like tutor kids and like no one was like, hey, maybe Adrian, that person who's the smartest person in our class should be the first to like tutoring another scam to just pay other people's white kids too much money. That's why you didn't mm-hmm. get asked, Adrian. I, I didn't want to say it. I didn't want to say it. All right. So this isn't a babysitting or tutoring column, though. This is about a weirdo. Yeah, did you hear that fun uh that fun flip on the word rocks I used? That was that was a fun joke. It was uh he mm-hmm. wants to get his rocks off by getting his rocks knocked off. Oh, come on now, it's family jewels. Family jewels. Uh, she is at least overage. That is yeah. uh you, you get a little bit worried when you hear about these dad does asks for a weird thing from a babysitter, you're like, Oh, she's gonna be Here's underage. what I will say. He's trying to He's trying to undersell you on the fact that he's like, oh, it's a fun bet. You should be like, we both know it's sexual. If I'm going to kick you in the balls as hard as I can, you're paying mm-hmm. me high-end escort prices. I want $500 Ooh, an know hour. Know your worth, honey. Yeah. Know your worth. Get $500 an hour. If he gets the bust, you get you get paid as much as a high-end escort does. Hmm. And that's when he starts negotiating. He's like, hey, I could find any lady on the street who's willing to do this for 250 So let's meet at 300 Okay, honey? <laughs> um, yeah. And you're like, I'm only on chapter two of Art of the Deal, so I don't know what to do. So I guess I'll take that offer. <laughs> Honestly, And God, then you're like, no, no, no. 300 but with annual raises, quarterly raises. <laughs> this is no joke. It genuinely is so upsetting. What a piece of shit. I really hate people with money, man. Money and power? Yeah. Never corrupted nobody. And I get why, from her point of view, it's a very appealing offer. I mean, come on, who wouldn't do this? But mm-hmm. it just sucks that he gets to have that power and money. <laughs> mm. Do you think this is in any way going to be traumatizing for her? Probably. No. I, I, I mean, I guess it depends on your personality. But if he doesn't try to make it yeah. go any further, I think most people could probably handle the idea that they kicked someone until they came. Mm. So you would do this? Absolutely, hundred fifty a sash, not too bad. If I was young mm. and hot, dumb. If I was young, come. dumb, and full of cum, I would try to get him to pay more. But okay, you're right, Adrian. Look, I know where I am in my life. Where mm. my current physique, I- I've gained a little bit of weight recently. One hundred fifty a sash mm. is generous for me, honestly, to kick someone in the balls. Okay. <laughs> what I was gonna say is that I didn't mention this earlier. This column is from June eleventh, twenty nineteen. If you can secure this gig and you get to do it virtually all throughout the pandemic, <laughs> not a bad gig. Not a bad way to make a little extra dough. <laughs> you writing him a sexting. Oh, yeah, baby, what are you going to do to me? Kick you in the balls. Oh, yeah, baby, what next? I'm going to kick you in the balls again harder. Oh, to make yeah. that money, your emoji game's got to be crazy. You got to be writing <laughs> those emojis right at the perfect time. Oh, yeah. He's like, what are you going to do to be in your, like, make your balls into my soccer ball, soccer ball emoji. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think there is a, is there a foot emoji? There is a leg emoji along yeah. with the running because it's like the leg. But there is also just like a foot emoji, too. That, don't fuck with that. That's too much pervert shit. Use a leg emoji, mm. like the built leg, the one that looks like it's flexing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Would you judge your friend if you found out she was doing something like this? No. Well, I mean, I would judge them. But I 
Uh, I would judge them as being able to pay for the next round of drinks. I'll tell you. I know. Yeah, I was gonna say, what's the difference between jealousy and judgment? It would be envy. Envy. Yeah. Wait, jealousy and envy are different. Yeah, we've talked about this before. I don't think so. Yeah, when the Envy ContraPoints uh, video came out, I asked, I was like, oh, does she do the thing where she differentiates Envy from Jealousy? I'm so confused, me. Hey, man, it's tough. It's difficult, man. You'll get it eventually. I say- If you want, I can tutor you. I say up the ante. Show up with a baseball bat. Ooh. And call your shot. Do that thing where you're like, <laughs> this is where your nuts are going to be when I'm done with them. I mean, you could legitimately seriously hurt someone doing this. What's the legal requirement of this? Can you put on your Freud hat of, like, what makes this guy want to do this or what makes this, like, sexually fulfilling for him? Is this one of those things where if you become rich and weird enough, like, this is what you end up doing? Yeah, I think so. I think I could not put on my Freud hat for this because this is such a... I think once you have that much money, you're so outside the realm of, like, what any normal person can comprehend. Have we answered this question yet? Get the bag? That's what we're telling her? I think so. And yes, it is sexual. Like, obviously. obviously. Come on now. <laughs> well, what are the chances that it's not? How weird would this guy have to be? Like, he just wants a friend. <laughs> yeah. He actually does. He's actually like a, like, he really is inspired by shonen anime and he wants to test how strong he can get. <laughs> this is his one punch man origin story for having the hardest balls of all time. I did a thousand push-ups every day, a thousand sit-ups, and I ran a thousand miles, and I got kicked a thousand times by a little girl. <laughs> Blackmail him? Should that be our advice? Um, Like, do it for, like, six months and then use that as evidence that to get money from him, so you'd have to stop doing it? Yeah, because he's clearly hiding it from his wife, like, don't tell my wife about the wrestling. Mm. Oh yeah, you see, that kind of makes it even worse, though, that the wrestling was originally a part of it. Now that feels so, like, I don't, that feels like a- What, you think that's like a gateway thing, or do you think that was, like, was it testing the waters? Well, it makes it, because the kicking him in the balls thing, the reason I'm saying do that is because, like, who cares if he's getting off on it? For you, that's a completely asexual thing. But the, like, him having his hands all over you during wrestling feels a lot more, uh- boundary pushing a lot more invasive if that she makes did say sense she didn't feel like it was though i would be like okay you can pay me to kick you in the balls but you better pay me some back pay oh okay yeah, for yeah. all that wrestling and overtime yeah yeah i just like the idea that like in formality he made sure to like start with actual workouts but he was always really hurrying to get to the martial arts hachi <laughs> <laughs> chachi <laughs> Yeah, you should probably get in the pool. We probably should do some laps. Like, how many do you think? Eh, like one, a half a lap, maybe like half. <laughs> yeah, if you get tired, you know, <laughs> don't wear those legs out. Come on. I, re- I, I mean, I think we should definitely get in the water. You should, you should get soaked because that's part of it for me. Part of what for you? Don't, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> should you tell his kid? Yeah, you should tell his kid. Hmm. You should break. You should be like, oh, can I bring over a friend? Like devil emoji laugh emoji and make it seem like you're it's gonna be like some sort of threesome for him with your cute college friend uh, and yeah, pick somebody yeah. with a with a uh androgynous name be like can i bring over my friend dylan so one of his children with a and then you bring name? over the buffest guy you know like the kicker from the football team at your school oh. courtney courtney he's like an old school british guy like rugby dude courtney can i bring over my friend courtney can I bring Jesse over? Oh, we didn't talk about it. This person almost certainly is from Bristol. 
Probably. If not Sheffield. Um, <laughs> if not Sheffield, of course. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so you're saying bring in, don't embarrass him by bringing in someone he knows. No, yeah, I, I bet injured this person. It's a good way to lose the bag, yeah. To kick him in the groin or anywhere else. What a funny turn of phrase he used. <laughs> you know, there could be, like, muscle strain from repetition if she's just doing the one. <laughs> but that's the thing, though. That's what Bruce Lee said, is that I fear not the man who's done a thousand kicks one time. I fear the man who's done one kick a thousand times. <laughs> Wait, there's a thousand different types of kicks? I gotta talk to Bruce Lee about this. I got some bad news for you, buddy. <laughs> he ain't going to be doing a lot of talking. Oh, yeah. He doesn't know English. He only knows Chinese. I got you. Yeah. Even though the quote is in English. <laughs> <laughs> Me having to leave the room because I'm so upset to find out Bruce Lee is dead. God damn it. Punches a hole in my drywall. <laughs> 2023 strikes again. <laughs> Um, alright, do you want to hear Dan's answer? Yeah, let's hear it. Okay, so this is, uh, from Will Kick Balls for Money. Um, there are no non-sexual components to this, WKBFM. And if you've never heard of something like this before, well, you must be a new reader. What we've got here is a rich guy attempting to manipulate his kids' former babysitter into doing sex work for him. No, scratch that. What we've got here is a rich guy who has already manipulated his kid's former babysitter into doing sex work for him. WKF, WKBFM, and that's pretty fucking creepy. Your precious workouts with the blindfolds and the wrestling and kicking? Unpaid sex work. Don't get me wrong, I don't think his ball-busting fetish is creepy. It's extreme, as fetishes go, and there are definitely risks. But the risks are his. Paying you to kick him in the nuts doesn't put his wife at risk. Swift kick to the sack is not as not a known mode of STI transmission. It won't take food out of his children's mouths, and he presumably has all the children he wants. Ball-busting-induced sterility might be a blessing slash vasect vasectomy in disguise. I like how he's laying out the morality of this. That's kind of cool. If you need the money, WKBFM... Wait, he said he could kick him anywhere, though. And what if he she kicks his hands and he's like a world-famous pianist? I don't think that's how this guy made his money. You know, like, do you think Dan Savage's opinion would change if that was part of it? <laughs> You're right. Dan Savage didn't lay out a completely formulated moral framework around this issue. Uh, if you need the money, WKBFM, and you don't think you'll be scarred by the experience, tell the rich guy you'll consider doing this for him. You'll come over, remain fully clothed, and kick him in the nuts. But only if he levels with you. He's getting off on this. If he can't level with you, don't do it. You don't want this rich asshole to think he successfully manipulated you into doing sex work for him, because once the session is underway, you don't want him thinking, well, if I could get her to do this, I can probably get her to bracket, remove her clothes, watch me masturbate, have sex with me, and bracket. If you go into a ball-busting session without both of you having acknowledged exactly what it is you're doing, you're sort of selling sex, he's definitely paying for it, and he does try to get you to remove your clothes or watch him masturbate or have sex with him, you may find it difficult to say no. Being direct with someone, no, I'm not taking my clothes off, asshole, after you've accepted a dishonest premise, sure, rich guy, this isn't about sex, you're just testing yourself, requires you to admit that you were being dishonest too. Most people are reluctant to admit to dishonesty, and a skilled manipulator will exploit that inhibition to get what he wants. So really, it's on you if you're not honest with him. So tell him you'll play, 
You'll bust his balls, but you're not going to play along. He has to admit that this is about sex, and he has to agree to honor your conditions. Everything that happened is agreed to in advance. No special requests during a session. He remains fully clothed. You remain fully clothed. No recordings are made, and you get 150. Make that 250, whether or not he bails. Make it 500. Why is a guy with a pool in his house in a full gym getting away with this for 250 a session? What are you talking about? He spent all his money on a pool. <laughs> Idiot. He <laughs> has no money left. <laughs> I'm ruined. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, give me a chance to use the bathroom. We'll get into the third segment. Okie dokies. Okay. Um, so for our third segment, we are uh, taking injuries into a more extreme era or uh, area. Um, and we're taking inspiration from the old Spike show. It used to be on usually in tandem with the show Mansers, um, a thousand ways to die. It was a show that, uh, recreated and documented all of the craziest ways that people around the world have died. Uh, usually through, uh, weird contexts and circumstances. And so what we have here is from Screen Rant, the 10 wildest deaths on the show ranked. A Thousand Ways to Die was a show on Spike TV that showed the wildest ways people have died. Here's the most unbelievable deaths on the show. And Paul and I are going to read through it and uh, talk about it. Uh, as well as rank how we want to go. What was, the, what was the idea? Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, cool. Here we go. Uh, there's a little bit more context in case you need it. Uh, in case you're unfamiliar with any of the terms I've used. From 2008 to 2012, Spike TV created one of the most bizarre and unique shows that have ever been on television. The premise of A Thousand Ways to Die was to feature the weirdest and real ways people have died around the world. The stories were told with a tongue-in-cheek and dark humor tone. That is true. The narrator had, like, a real, like, dude announcer voice and would always make, like, little snarky comments. Um, a lot of artistic licenses were taken in order to change the names and locations of the events. I think the, the plural events. of artistic license is artistic license. I don't think it's licenses. A lot of artistic license was taken. I think you're right, but uh, let's not get on screen rant about this. Okay. Uh, most of the stories were based on reported real events, and experts were invited to talk about the implications of the deaths. The show, the show scratch, the show scratches that dark itch everybody has. So they've already kind of messed it up again, too. I don't think they're very consistent on this. The show scratches that dark itch everybody has, and after eight years of its cancellation. And after eight years of its cancellation, we remember the craziest death featured on the show. Number one, bank ruptured. Okay, these aren't too long. Um, and just to describe to you visually what's going on in the article, it's a picture of like a uh, bread loaf, like maybe a baguette, uh, cut in half with screws uh, put inside it. Good for a sentence. This one is kind of sad. A French man called Pierre suffered from a condition known as pica syndrome. Paul, you familiar with pica? I am not. It's uh, it's when you eat weird things or have a craving for weird uh, non-edible oh, things. Oh, like the guy who ate a whole plane? A whole plane? Yeah. That's too much. <laughs> you have diarrhea. <laughs> That's what I said when I read the story about him eating a whole plane. Yeah, it's that. Uh, it's like a big part of that uh, My Secret Obsession show that was popular or whatever. You know, the people who like eat clay or whatever. Um, I think medically, most people said it's like a sign that you're missing some kind of vital nutrient, but I don't know. It seems psychological more than anything else. But anyways, uh, people who suffer from this have a hard time distinguishing between items that are edibles and ones that are not. This prompts patients to eat a lot of different objects that they're not supposed to eat like dirt. Seems like a good way to lose some weight. Come on now. Poor Pierre's favorite food was coins, which he would put in his mouth nonchalantly and swallowed them. 
In general, anything metallic went into his stomach, as much as his brother tried to help him hiding these items. Eventually, Pierre died when the metal in his stomach ruptured a vein, causing him to bleed out inside his own intestines. Yikes. I mean, this is the thing. I've never seen this show, but like this gets to the heart of it of like, it's only funny if you think of it as a cartoon, because as soon as you think of him as a real human and his poor brother trying his hardest to keep his brother alive by hiding everything metallic in the house, it becomes so tragic. You can't make a joke out of it. Here's what I'll say. Because they were snarky about a lot of the deaths, there were a lot of stories where it was like, uh, you know, actually, it kind of demonizes drug use, too, because there's a lot of ones where it's like this guy got really drunk and like went to sleep in a dumpster. And the next day they were collecting the dump- the garbage from that dumpster. So he got like thrown in with the rest of the trash and like died or whatever. Yeah, it's kind of uh, straight up horrifying when you imagine the reality of it. You really have to cartoonize yeah, right. it not in fun. your mind. You have to think of it as Kenny getting killed in South Park. You really need a dude announcer who's making puns about every part of it. Because it's like, yes, it is very funny that this guy saw himself as like a coin-operated gumball machine and kept shoving quarters (laughs) in his ear or whatever. Mm -hmm, But like, mm -hmm. when you think about his poor brother staying up worried sick night after night. When you think about it. Hiding every bit of metal in the house and he still couldn't manage to- Who also never was able to do laundry because all of his quarters were gone. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the most tragic part when you think about it. But, right, it becomes really sad. Like, how would you hit? Ha- it's, yeah. it's horrible. All right, well, Paul took a lot of fun out of this third segment. Let's do <laughs> the next one. <laughs> it does say that this one's kind of a sad one. Uh, so far on our ranking of ways you'd want to go? Um, Eating metal until... I- it seems painless until the end. Maybe not. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't like the idea of having to swallow metal. That's freaky, man. Uh, low right, on my right. list. Low on my list as well. All right, this is semi-side. So they're using puns in the description uh, <laughs> in, in the article. This death will probably be the most gruesome on the list. This death was described in the episode Life Will Kill You, and it starts by recounting a couple's trip on their way to Las Vegas. They, sum- they suddenly make a rest stop and start messing around with a video. Screen Rant's one of those places where like anyone could submit and get paid to write there, right? I assume so. <laughs> This is, yeah, very, okay. They suddenly make a rest stop and start messing around with a video camera. When they hear a scream, there's been an accident on the other side of the street. They get closer to see what's happening and see the horrible image of Frank Soriani cut literally in half and still breathing. He was working below his vehicle when an 18-wheeler semi-truck ran over him, separating him from his lower body. Unfortunately for Frank, the two halves of him were sent to two different hospitals, not allowing medics to save him. Wait, they could have if they'd been sent to the same hospital is the implication? Presumably, yeah. <laughs> I mean... Science! I don't know. Science can sew a human being back together. They absolutely cannot, Adrian. No, stop doing this butt baby shit. Like, do you think he was split, like, hamburger-wise or hot dog-wise? <laughs> It would be even funnier if he was split hot dog wise. Are you kidding me? That would be insane. If he was split uh, hamburger wise, I can almost see why a dumb person would think he could live. <laughs> That's all I'm asking. That's all I'm asking. You know? It doesn't necessarily need to be perfectly in half. He was split hamburger. <laughs> Okay, what do you mean not perfectly in half? You think if he just got his feet chopped off, they were like, ah, split in half, basically. 
Technically. Up it's his <laughs> knees down. <laughs> I mean, who knows exactly what 50% of the- Are you doing mass? Are you doing surface area? What are you doing? Shut the fuck up. I'm gonna beat the shit out of you, Adrian. God, that line from Dewey Cox, I'm cut in half pretty bad. <laughs> I don't think I'm gonna make it. <laughs> Um, um, I don't know what right. else I'm supposed to say about that, other than the idea that he could have survived if they'd gotten him to the right shape hospital. They could have, they could have just like pushed his two halves together and put some scotch tape all the way around his waist. It'll <laughs> <laughs> be good as new. <laughs> all right. Um, this one seems pretty interesting. This one's called Butt Plugged. And I know from the thumbnail of this one that it's specifically Way to Die 553. Do you think this suffers from the same issue as the new John Gaber's Adam Pally show, 100 Places to Party Before You Die, where they kind of set themselves up to not have longevity? 100 episodes? Come on, that's a killer run. And uh, what, if they go for 200 episodes, people are going to get pissed? Yeah. I don't think so. That's dishonest. A hundred episodes is a great run, and if they went over, nobody would care. I, I I disagree with your assessment that that sets them up for not having longevity. I think that if they got to a hundred, they'd have to start revisiting the same places. They technically don't go over a hundred. <laughs> and no, they do ninety nine, and they save one hundred for the finale. But they redo every place one more time. Is one of them Scott Ackerman's uh, studio? Yeah, okay. you know how it is. All right, but plugged. Sometimes a thousand ways to sometimes a thousand ways to die. Uh, presented a situation so absurd that the audience who were watching with morbid attention couldn't do anything but laugh. Speaking of Scott Ackerman, you gotta laugh. You do gotta laugh until he doesn't pay you for your work, and then you're getting fucked in the ass. I don't even know who I'm defending. One guy once complained James about Adomian? Yeah, James Adomian. James <laughs> Adomian once complained about not getting paid. <laughs> Uh, this is the case of this ex-con, Lucky Levinson, who, after being in prison, wanted to celebrate by getting drunk, driving an SUV, and hiring the services of a sex worker. I wonder why driving an SUV was part of it. The other two seem cool, but like, (laughs) (laughs) why is that part of it? Wait, you think it's cool to hire a sex worker, get drunk, and drive an SUV? No, the middle part. Not not a fan of that. Okay, you don't like- Uber to the sex Uh, workplace. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He gets pulled over by a policeman, and in a panic, he shoves a pepper spray can into his butt since getting caught in possession of one was a violation of his parole. But poor Levinson was drunk, so he gives an attitude to the officer who pushed him against the car, activating the can inside his rectum, killing him. So pepper spray in your inside. Well, he died, so how do they. I don't think he knew that. This guy was driving drunk and he was worried about the law that says that having a pepper spray can. I think, yeah. I think a driving drunk is also against the law when you're. It's always against the law. It doesn't even matter if you're on parole. Mm hmm. So I, I assume he had the pepper spray can in his ass for a different reason. <laughs> Is what I'm getting at. Oh, wait, really? How did they know he put it in his ass because he was worried about getting caught? He died on the spot. Caught spot. You see, I rhyme. I'm going to say, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I think because that was his concern is that it would add to his... uh, Also, you can maybe get away with a DUI depending on how you behave yourself, although he seemed like he got a little bit rowdy. I don't know, man. I just... You know what? So you think he just... This guy put a pepper... Pepper can't... A pepper spray can in his ass. He's clearly not making good decisions. I don't think that was the right way to handle it, but... 
All right. What would you do? I'll throw it out the window. I pepper spray. They're gonna. They're gonna see that. I pepper on, spray yeah. the cop and make my quick escape. You know, I thought about that for a second, but I was like, "Ah, eh, it's gonna be a whole ordeal." <laughs> <laughs> That's. I mean, that is a horrible way to go. I'm, I feel bad for this guy. Yeah. How does him getting roughed up by the cop activate the pepper spray? Also, do you think for a moment the cop was like, "Are you farting? It doesn't smell like peppermint." <laughs> Do you think for a moment he imagined that if he pointed it off- Did you think that pepper spray smells like peppermint? <laughs> Do you think for a moment he kind of wished that he had the nozzle oriented perfectly with his asshole so that he would propel himself away like a jetpack? That is a good idea. Is Why would you put it with the nozzle up? You need to put it at the bottom where <laughs> you could, you know, skunk him. <laughs> uh, okay, so far, uh, semi-truck, is that is that what we're going with as number one? Um, yeah, I didn't know pepper spray in your asshole could kill you. I don't- Yeah, split in half- I gotta rethink how I'm doing that. Split in half seems the most instantaneous. I think I'm gonna go with that over eating metal. I don't know, there's something about the part where you're like, they sent my other half to the hospital, (laughs) come on! (laughs) And they said he was alive for a- So, uh, he's just at that hospital, and he's like, all right, y'all boys are gonna sew me up, right? And they're like, we got some bad news for you. (laughs) We got some bad news for Unless we could find someone who's signed off to donate half their body. <laughs> and you get the black- and you get, It's an Asian person. You get an Asian half. <laughs> that would be really fun to be able to make that joke from then on. Be like, I'm a POC. I'm half Asian. <laughs> I'm half Asian. <laughs> uh, okay, do you want to hear about Hard On? Yeah. Uh, the picture for this is, um, a car battery with clamps on it. Once in a while, the show will depict the death of people that like to engage in different sexual practices. And that's hyperlinked if you want me to click that. I'm good. In in Hard On, for example, the program portrays the dead, the death of Lucas, a mentally ill young man who connects the heart of a cow to a car battery and uses that to give himself sexual pleasure. As smart as the title of this story is, this one is the creepiest. Even the experts on the show couldn't handle such deviance. Lucas thought by increasing the charge to the by increasing the charge to the heart, connecting the cables to a wall socket, he would get more pleasure, but ended up dying. Alright, fucking a um electric cow heart. Yikes. How do you get access to a cow heart? Did they explain that to you? Did he live on a farm? I get that from a butcher if you wanted it. Uh, it's probably a delicacy. I don't think a I don't think a butcher should give a teenager a cow heart. Mm. He's a young man. He's not a teenager. Oh, okay. I mean, he could have just used how, a watermelon. How down bad you got to be? Like, how little pussy you got to be getting that you're <laughs> to move his cow heart? Have you heard that uh, Harris Whittle's phone corner joke? No. Uh, they always say that God's against masturbation, but like, if God didn't want us to jay that shit off. Why would he give us plastic bags filled with grape jelly and rubber bands that you can microwave? (laughs) But no, really, like, when was this episode aired? Like, before Tinder, right? Like, now that we have Tinder, you don't need to- you don't need to get yourself a cow heart and a car battery. You think this guy would be doing well on Tinder? I don't know, man. (laughs) Once again, how bad- like, I don't know. You gotta be down bad. You gotta be down bad. I like how your response to this is just the Megamind meme of what? No bitches? 
What if that's not enough, man? What if he? Ha- what if this guy got so much pussy that it became bland to him, and he was like, "I need something more extreme." <laughs> what was his, this guy was drowning? What was his theory about electricity through the cow heart? He thought it would make it better. <laughs> yeah, it would like twitch and pump, and uh, you know, uh... <laughs> the way it pumps blood would be like a sucking motion when you think about it. Wait, if you think if you plug the aorta, it gets that like vacuum effect. <laughs> This is so nasty, man. I hate this. I, I'm sorry I brought in Dan Savage and this. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, do you think he went into an artery or cut another hole in? What was going on there? I can't tell you, brother. <laughs> I, can't, I think he was going in through the aorta. Aorta, that's the word I was looking for, not artery. Thank you for correcting me on that one. Much like you've been having to correct this very poorly written article. Uh, it's been rough. All right, all right. Um, are we keeping semi? Semi? Yeah. I don't want to be electrocuted through the dick. Are you kidding me? That's horrifying. Mm. Okay, this one's called habeas corpse. So this one makes a Latin pun. So clearly this one's going to be more sophisticated. Uh, And this is way to die number 64. This story is probably the most known for audiences and non-audiences alike. It's actually based on the case. Oh, I actually know this one. It's actually based on the case of Gary Hoy, a a lawyer who wanted to demonstrate the stiffness of his office window's glass by jumping straight into it. The window unexpectedly shatters, allowing <laughs> wait, Hoy wait, wait, to wait. fall this to death. This is like death. one of those arguments about iro- irony. Is it ironic that it shattered or not ironic? Because that's exactly what you would expect. That's a good point. Did it unexpectedly uh, shatter or is an asshole jumping into his window exactly when you would expect a window to shatter? Because he was so confident. <laughs> Uh, have you heard about this case? I've no. heard about this case, like, uh, oh, outside of this show. Um, the show chooses to depict Hoy as an arrogant lawyer trying to impress women. Oh, it also changes his name to Ian Campbell. The death in particular was the first, was the first actor Ron Perlman would narrate and it became a Darwin award winner. Oh, this was the first person who won a Darwin award. No, no, no. It, it was the first one that Ron Perlman. So Ron Perlman was the real dude voice that I was saying that does uh, the uh, narration. Uh, and this is the first one that he narrated. And then also it was a Darwin Award winner, which uh, we talked about that uh, in our show planning meeting, uh, the Darwin Awards. Too mean? I think so. Also kind of boring. It's like one of, you know what? I won't call it too mean because it's one of those things where the people who run it think it's interesting because it's mean spirited, yeah. but it's also much worse. Kind of more boring than it is worth being offended by. I mean, I'm more uh, I'm more of an Ig Nobel guy, so that's mm. my thing. What's that? Is Ig that Nobel. like for the people with the worst research every year? No, the Ig Nobel is uh, science that makes you laugh and science that makes you think. For the Nobel Peace Prize, is there like an opposite one for that one for the most violent person of every year? Yeah, and it goes to Putin every year. <laughs> I'll tell you what. God, I think I saw something today where it was someone asking on Reddit, like, so is Putin just doing this for his ego? Are there, like, actual material reasons why someone would want to invade Ukraine? (laughs) Is there material reasons why somebody would want land, people, and material? Is there a material reason why somebody would want more material? Yes. It's so funny that, like, yeah, like, liberals are so, like, into, they're like, it's just his ego and his tiny pee I'll tell right? you what, if I was his mama, he wouldn't have done that. I would have shown him Ooh. a lot of love, and he wouldn't have been mm-hmm. so mean. He wouldn't have been such a Grinch. Mm, I'll tell you. I would have been like, hi, it's me, Cindy Lou Who. Don't be a Grinch. <laughs> Cindy Lou Who? <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, okay, as far as this person goes, I will say you said in the show it depicts him as trying to impress women. Trying to impress like women, that. and I do like the juxtaposition of that against our last column of this guy's getting pussy. So, oh yeah, not anymore. Yeah, that's true. When you die, hopefully. Not anymore. <laughs> hopefully, yeah. Then it becomes non-consensual, and that's an issue. Although, I'm sure there are dudes where if they could sign a thing saying, if any necrophilia people want to fuck my body, <laughs> have at it. I need the extra numbers. <laughs> I need the <laughs> That's why people do it. <laughs> yeah, probably, right? Just as long as it's not gay. <laughs> All right, I don't have much more to say about that one. <laughs> All right, this one's called Retired, but it's like R-E hyphen tired. Okay. And the picture is a, a tire that's being uh, inflated for a car. A thousand ways to die could be an argument for chastity sometimes. Many deaths are depicted as the result of people wanting to engage in some sexual behavior. The segment Retired is one example of this, probably because of the speed of the process of dying showed in this. It tells the story of Phil Hardy, a tire shop worker who is shown to love pornographic magazines. Mm -hmm. This love became his demise when, while inflating a client's car tire, he gets distracted by the magazine <laughs> he is reading. The tire gets inflated until it cannot resist anymore and explodes, sending high-velocity shrapnel from the tire rim into his head. I like that this one happens fast. I, don't, I wouldn't mind going this way. With a nudie mag? <laughs> like shit in your face? I don't know. Why would anybody even report this? Why aren't the cops or whoever's investigating this case bothering to write down he had a nudie, nudie mag in hand? Because you need a reason for death. And for me, it's it, I wish that I would do it while reading um, The State and Revolution. That way people would think like, damn, Adrian was so invested in the work of Lenin <laughs> he caused him to die. Okay, uh, you know, it's interesting that you made your way... You made your way out of Marxism to Leninism, but brother, you got to make your way into Maoism to get that MLM cred. Uh, I mean, it's just so easy to read, though. Mao was such a good writer. <laughs> That's why you get lost in it. <laughs> the translations are so natural and easy. They're so readable. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I don't know. That's I. What was this show? Why were people watching this? What was going? I told you it was paired with Mansers. It was like oh, it was you in think that it same sphere of like. You're, you're six Bud Lights deep into your night after work, and you're like, hey, what can I watch that's, like, good dude content? My wife wants to go watch Grey's Anatomy. What can I watch that's the anti-Grey's Anatomy? Okay, okay. My wife is with my friend, this big buff dude who always hangs out at our house in Pool Boy watching Grey's Anatomy. What can I watch with my actual dudes? <laughs> so, <laughs> your theory is that really drunk, tough guys want to watch another guy get murdered by an inflating tire while looking at nudie mags? If you ever watched this show, that was the vibe of it, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Eric Andre famously has a bit about Mansers, but, like, yeah, that was the energy. This isn't Mansers, though. This is what I get Mansers. I get why that- This was their sister show. This was their sister show. I just don't get why. I don't get the appeal. This was, this was the black to the white cookie that was, uh-, uh The black key to the white keys? Mm-hmm. White stripes? White stripes. Um, okay. Uh, so this is your number one now? Yeah, I think it, 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 they go fast. I'd still want to be split in half so I could be like, hey, at least I lost a lot of weight before I died. <laughs> All right. This is very respectful of the dead. This one is Way to Die number 674, Kildo. 
Any guesses what this one's about? I think I'm going to guess that that's a portmanteau of the word kill and Bilbo Baggins from The Hobbit. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, yeah. Another one of sexual nature and disturbing at the same time. Probably one of the less clever titles. It tells the story of a so-called nymphomaniac who dies because of masturbating with a carrot. Jennifer, as the woman is called in the segment, couldn't stop thinking about a shop worker she met. When she unpacked her groceries back at home, she decided to use the carrot as a sexual toy. See, this is the same one as the pepper spray thing. How did they know the motivation? How did they know she was thinking about a shopkeeper? She had a diary. Oh, okay. People used to keep diaries way more often than we do. Sorry. She texted a friend right before LOL hot shot keeper. I'm totally gonna flick that bean too. It's explained by the experts on the episode that she ruptured a vein inside her her buddy. Like clearly it's supposed to be body. Like this person didn't even go over the edits <laughs> at all. Uh, she ruptured a vein inside her body, causing a bubble to enter her circulatory system. When the bubble got to her heart, it ended her life. Do you do you ever feel like one of those like it almost feels like a Larry David thing, but like can you imagine dying after you just went grocery shopping? <laughs> like what a fucking waste. <laughs> Um, yeah, this is pretty low on my list of ways to go. You want to do a little carrot dildo? No. Also, like, and then she couldn't have bought a cucumber. You know, is it the pointiness? Is that what you think ruptured the vein? I think that's what makes it feel uncomfortable to me. I think the cuke just seems fresher. Yeah. You know, do you ever, do the you ever cucumber, feel not so fresh down no, there? No, no, you're right, because the carrot has, like, a rough skin, whereas the cucumber has, like, a smooth skin where you feel like you could lube it up. the rib for your pleasure. No, but you feel like you could lube up a cucumber, you know what I mean? Like, a carrot's gonna be rough no matter what. All right. Well, do you know what number we're at? We got at least two more. We got three more. Okay, three more. This one is Jake and Baked, and it's a picture... Of an office worker who's very tired. It kind of looks like the Career Boy um, music video. Cool. Jake Basso was a metal worker. And so not an office worker. I don't know why this was the picture. Jake Basso was a metal worker who had a disorder known as narcolepsy. Paul, are you familiar with narcolepsy? That's when you wake up screaming? No, that's just being Paul. <laughs> that? Narcolepsy is when you fall asleep randomly. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Making... uh. Making fall asleep anywhere. I mean, you know what? I'm not going to change that one. I like that. <laughs> he had a disorder known as, Marco- as narcolepsy. Making fall asleep anywhere. <laughs> the show uses this premise to depict Jake sleeping at work and in the bathroom as light humor before the horrific ending. Jake, being a well-regarded worker, went to a curing oven to leave some materials. Soon, his narcolepsy kicked in, so he badly decides to take a nap inside the oven, where... Unnoticed, he is locked in and cooked. At least, this one isn't so bad, since the experts in the segment assure the audience Jake didn't suffer because being knocked out by the fuming gases of the oven. Because he was knocked out by the fuming gases of the oven. I mean, is this one of those things like the one where you said earlier, where if you go out this way, you should be able to have signed a form where it's like, I'm already cooked, like, somebody, take me to the barbecue. Perfectly smoky. This seems like a pizza oven type thing. (laughs) Um, if you had narcolepsy, why would you ever take a job somewhere where this is, like, a potential? Because of the coercive force of the capitalist system, Paul. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. Oh, my God. So this is what happened. You stayed in revolution one time. Uh, I still don't want to go this way. I would rather be killed by shrapnel to the head instantaneously than cooked alive, even if I was asleep. I don't like that. All right. Way to die, 288. Chippendale. 
Mm, okay, the chipmunks. The story of Chippingdale seems to take seems taken out of the 1997 Coen Brothers film Fargo. The segment is about Tiny and Tail, two co-workers who worked under the sun of the sun. Of the Sonora Desert, collecting dry tree branches. After collecting a bunch of them, they started to put them in a wood chipper machine. Eager to finish the job and get a drink, the two men, the two men get frustrated when a branch gets tucked, gets stuck in the machine. Dale tries to push the branch with his feet when suddenly the machine caught him and starts to mutilate him. While Tiny, for some reason, didn't think of shutting down the machine. Chip and Dale. Well, what a weird way to say he was murdered by Tiny. That's real, you know, pulling the lever of the train or whatever, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, Oh, okay. Their partner didn't think to stop the machine. Yeah, this is horrifying. Yeah, not my not my top way to go. No. Uh, okay, this last one is Tanked Girl, Way to Die, number 710. Oh, come 710. on, man, this sounds nasty. What? What do you think this is? I don't know, I assume she gets ripped in half by her tank. Tanked Girl. Oh, tank. <laughs> what pun did you? I guess the, I don't really get what the pun of this is either, but <laughs> okay, all right, you're right, you're right. That was that was hard to to parse. Explosion by decompression is a phenomenon that has been recorded throughout the history of diving. The show chooses to tell the story of a diver named Sandy who survived her failing oxygen tank and had to get to the surface in an emergency. Because of this, she got to stay in in a decompression chamber until her body adjusted. Unfortunately, someone opens the chamber by accident and she explodes after going from a pressure of seven atmospheres to one atmosphere. Sandy, Sandy's identity is not confirmed, but her case is similar to the Biford dolphin decompression accident where three divers died in a similar way. Can you imagine the guy on your first day at work going to open the fridge and you're like, which one is it in this room? As you open the decompression. <laughs> <laughs> Like, fuck. You're like, God, I'm hungover. I need a fucking water. <laughs> You're just opening a thing. You see, this is what this type of media does to you. The first one, I'm like, this is so sad. This person had a family and, uh, and loved ones. And now ones. you're just like, eh. And now I'm just like, eh. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, that's horrifying. What the fuck? Not in your top ways to go? No. Alright, so are we ending with, uh... Tire explosion and uh, semi? Yeah, I think so. Oh, god damn it! Now I feel bad. Now I feel bad. Now I feel bad. This article is by Diego Rueda Triana. He is a writer, journalist, and audio audiovisual producer based in Colombia. <laughs> so, English is not his first language. <laughs> god damn it. Um. Okay. Anything else? Any roundup or anything about this? Do you want to go into the next article? 12 times Power Rangers changed their costume colors. Um, okay, uh, Paul, are you ready for a big fact and a no cap? Yeah, big fact. Big fact. Sticks and stones might break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Hmm. And that's a mentality I have to go into every episode of this podcast with so that Adrian doesn't get to me, man. <laughs> what did I say that was mean to you this time? I'm joking. I'm joking. Uh, I'm joking. I, my no I, cap. I just had to say I'm joking because I'd really believe me more. My no cap is if you see someone in a wheelchair, don't assume they're faking. Bye, buddy. Bye, buddy.